You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise Weekly Word. This message is by Pastor James Hurd. If you would like more information about our ministry, please visit churchoflifeandpraise.com. Words of urgency and admonition. And then the words begin to come to me. He just dropped words into my mind. Words from the Bible that you need to understand, that you need to know as Christians. Everybody say words of urgency and admonition. This is words. Proverbs 15, 23 says, A word spoken in due season, in its time, how good it is. A word spoken in due season. Everybody say that. A word spoken in due season. In its time. That's what due season means. Now, say with me how good it is. I want, I want you to realize, you know, every one of us needs to uh, give serious attention to our Christian walk. Now, this is kind of a change, but this is just as, this is just as good as what we've been having. Uh, and uh, so we need to take a, an account of who we are representing in this world. Let me say that again. Each one of us must give serious attention to our Christian walk. Can't be hit or miss. Either you're going to walk with God or you're not going to walk with God. There's no sense playing around. God said, I wish you was hot or cold. You know why he said that? He said, I don't like lukewarmness. You know why lukewarmness? There's no distinction. It's neither hot nor cold. You have lukewarm coffee, it's bleh. You want either hot coffee or good iced coffee. Nice and cold. Amen? Why? Because being hot or cold, has distinction. You can identify. You can't identify lukewarmness. Well, is it hot or is it cold? Well, you know, what is it? Well, Jesus said it's not good for anything. But to be what? Bitten out of his mouth. I've done that myself. When I've got coffee and I thought it was hot and it was lukewarm, I go, ah! You know, and of course I've been by myself and I go, bleh, and I put it in my cup. And I go and I empty it out. I don't want to drink it. So there's got to be a distinction there. And, and, and so we've got to give serious attention to our Christian walk, take account of who we are representing in this world. We've got to have a change. If we're coming to the law, we've got to have a change in our thinking, in our action, in our walking. We cannot be conformed to this world. This world, let me tell you, saints, this world does not have the answers. The Bible says they're ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there are smart people in the world, and technology is beyond me. I mean, I can remember when the first television came to our town, and, and, and you see, that's how old I am. And can you say amen? Don't say amen. Uh, and we all stood in a one-room schoolhouse, and we all stood on the, uh, we knew it was the Lewis home. Donnie Lewis was, uh, was in school with us, and he was telling us all about this new TV that came, was coming to town. We was all excited. So the te- when, the, when we knew what time the, the, the big moving van was coming in, I don't know why they brought in a big moving van, but, in, but I guess it was almost as big as the moving van. But anyway, and, uh, we, and she let us out when this one-room school, and here with all these kids standing here, <laughs> looking. I don't know why we were looking, and we saw this big truck go by, you know, and we got all excited. He was, his family was the only one that had a TV in town. There was no stations in Maine, no TV stations. The nearest TV stations was, was, was Boston. <laughs> and uh, so we looked, and on the Lewis house was this great big tall antenna. 
stationed in the right place, appointed in the right place to get the vibes from Boston. We went down to see this great phenomenon. Phenomenon. We walked in, and that that they had a, some kind of a circus that they were the big top or something that that they come on every Saturday. So here we are, all the neighborhood kids. All I can think of is the little rascals. All we are gathered in, into the front room to watch the circus. They turned the TV on, and all we got was snow. And we sat there and looked at that TV, and we saw outlines of the tent and all outlines of the people that were doing it. And we were sitting there, and we, we, was, we was just mesmerized. We were just thinking, we're actually seeing a circus, and we're sitting right in our own house. And from there, now we can just, I go to the gas station, put gas in, blink, and here we got it. I can't hear it because of the cars going by. I don't know what good that's doing, but anyway, here it is. And uh, they give you a, a, a word for the day and all of this other stuff. And I'm thinking, my Lord, far cry from when I first saw my first TV. <laughs> now you got something, you, I don't even know how, how what they call it. You speak to it, it does the work for you. Turn on the water. Alexis. Who is it? Alexis. Alexis. Don't get one. Amen. It ain't worth it. But anyway, Alexis, you speak to it and, and it'll turn on the water for you. Turn on the stove for you. It will unlock your door. It will lock your door. Just think about it. But they never and cannot find the truth about life. All of the newfangled stuff that we have, they cannot conquer cancer. They cannot conquer drugs. They cannot stop people from killing themselves. They cannot stop suicide. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Why? Because they have forsaken the God of this world. And we as Christians have got to stop being mealy-mouthed. I don't mean being hateful, and I don't mean being mean, but we've got to live it. There's a lost world out there that's dying and going to eternal hell without God. And now we've even sugar-coated hell. We, 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 we call it that place of the departed. Let me tell you something. It is a place of the departed. And God didn't make hell for us. He made hell for the devil and his angels. Those angels and the devil that lost their first estate, he prepared, and that's the best place that they can go. For centuries, they have been destroying, they have been maiming, they have been killing, they have been hurting people. But God raised up a people to combat this and fill them with His Spirit. That's the reason why you've got the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why you've talked in tongues. You have given a prayer language that you can go directly into the throne room and make your, your wants known, make your needs known. And in the Spirit, you can declare, you can speak, you can pronounce, and you can claim. Can you say amen? And by the power of God's Word, not only did He give you the Spirit, but He gave you the Word that you can go to and you can, you can hold on to God. You can, you can claim these promises promises and these promises will work Amen. we've got as Christians to believe this and we've got to become radical I want to tell you something the other side is radical believe me we've we've had we've had first-hand experience of it and they're out to destroy the minds of your kids tear them down and we've got to take a stand. Now, that doesn't mean we grab placards and run out in the street and say, you know, Jesus is Lord. No, we stand in the love and power of, and remember I said love and power of Jesus Christ and minister to those that are lost and dying. What's going to convince them is that the devil is greater than what they've got. I mean, the Lord is greater than what they've got. And you don't convince them by arguing. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't get placards and, and, and signs against the LGBTQ, STRU, whatever it is, or all the other stuff. 
You stand firm. You minister to people. You don't condone it. You don't have to condone it to love people. You have to love them where they are. When people come into this church or you meet people, you are not, you should not be an antagonist and mean and hateful. You may stand there and look at a person that has a trans, is a transgender and all that, and you may not agree with them. You may not like the lifestyle. And let me tell you something, saints. We've got a right to say we don't like it. But we have to love the person. And I mean genuinely. God made a man and he made a female. He made a woman. And he put them together. And my God, if you'll just look at the universe, that's exactly how the universe runs. Reproduction. I'm not, that's not my message. Now I'm not downing anybody. I'm just saying I have a right. To speak what I feel. But at the same time, okay, for an example, I don't happen to like, is it reggae? reggae. Ray, what is it? Reggae. Re, say it. Reggae. reggae. I don't like reggae. Music. I don't like it. But my, the young people love it. And, but I have a right not to like it. But I'm not condemning them because they care and like it. But I have a right to say, I don't like it. Now, I'm not speaking about against the young people. Now, I like all the other stuff. I like a lot of the other stuff and everything else. But I just can't palate it. Probably because I can't do it. So that's why I can't say it. <laughs> but you understand, I'm just giving you an example. Now, just because the pastor doesn't like it doesn't mean all my young people got to turn against me. You listen to it all you want to. But I don't want to happen to listen to it. But if I'm in your presence and you've got rare, rare, rigga, ruga, whatever it is on, okay, I'm going to endure it with you. I'll walk out of the room, one or the other. Can you say Amen. Romans 12, 2. This is what it says. And do not, I probably won't even get through with this. Probably I'll get onto it next Sunday. But, and do not be conformed to this world. Don't allow yourself to be assimilated to the worldly things. Now, everything in the world isn't wrong. But some of the culture and some of the lifestyle Christians don't do. Is it because we are better than everybody else? Is it because we're so good? In one way, yes. In the other way, no. We're sinners saved by grace. And we always must remember that. Where you are, I stood. That's what we must think of. But I've been redeemed. I've been set free. I found something better. You don't argue and you don't fight with people. That's not the way to win people. You love them. Lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. That's our opportunity. That's our mission. That's our commission. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What does that mean? That you're going to prove by arguing? No, just the way you live. You're going to prove that there's a better way. Now, I don't want you to go out here today, starry eye and say, we're going, to, we're going to pull down the strongholds of, and condemn and tear down. No, 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 no. We go out here and we live like we always live as Christians, loving, kind, but anointed. And when a need arises, we pray for people. When a need opens up, or a door opens up, we minister to them. But we can't be conformed and do what they do, okay? True Christianity is... Now, this is what I want to get to. True Christianity is not merely a lifestyle. That brings in religion. Religion is a lifestyle. It's the way you live. But it is a life. 
True Christianity is a life. It's the Christ life. So as Christians, we live as Christ lived. He was pure, holy, undefiled, had compassion on people, loved people, healed people, ministered to people, cared for people. And as, as Christians to love everybody, no matter their color, creed, or lifestyle, we should ask God not to give us any kind of prejudices against anybody, but to love them unconditionally. Yet at the same time, seeing them in their lost condition and by wisdom and understanding that received from the Holy Spirit, draw them out from their sin. And let me tell you something. If we go that way, people will love us because of rescuing them. Can you say amen? Does this make sense? Colossians 3. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to say this again. Uh, true Christianity is not merely a lifestyle, but it is a life, a life that proceeds from Jesus Christ, our, our exa Savior, example, and anointer. All right? Colossians 3, 4 states that Christ is our life. Again, our life and our lifestyle must proceed from Him. If we are to be an example and witness to those around us, they've got to see a difference in us. Amen. It's more than just going on a, 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 a tangent and, and, and uh, coming against everything that's in the world. Jesus just lived it. He just spoke it. He ministered it. He extended his life to other people. And that's exactly what we do through the power of the Holy Spirit. We extend his life working through us to those round about us. And then we genuinely love them. And if we genuinely love them, we can win them. And that's not winning them to our side. That's winning them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not on anybody's side but Jesus. It's a life that we live. So now I just want to review some, uh, some uh, um, our um, specific words from the Word of God uh, that are highly relevant to our Christian walk. The first word is give. Everybody say give. give. I want to turn to 1 uh, Timothy 4. Paul is here giving advice to a young preacher, and it's good for us too, of how to conduct himself among, uh, among his people that he's teaching and pastoring. And, that, and let me just throw something now. A pastor is not a lord over God's heritage. A pastor leads. He guides. But he loves Well, not one of you dare to say amen except one. That's true. I'm not up here to, to beat you over the head and make, oh yeah, you uh, pastor preachers with, with, with passion and, and all that. And, and, and a lot of people think that, you know, he's up there yelling and screaming at people. No, 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 you're just, you just get anointed. A, a, a pastor preaches under the anointing like that. Some don't, some do. Like some of you, get happy and shout and dance and get happy and everything else. And others don't. So that's the same way with pastors. Some pastors get excited, get passionate, and so sometimes it sounds like they're just angry, but uh, it's not. Well, just throw that aside. Okay. So here it is. Paul is giving advice, and so this advice is good for us. First uh, Timothy 4.12, Let no one despise your youth. First of all, I'm going to talk to the youth. Let no one despise your youth. In other words, don't let anybody despise the way you conduct yourself as a young person. Just live for God. You haven't got to withdraw yourself. You haven't got to be hateful. You haven't got to be mean. Just live the life. Just live the life. Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. And the religious crowd condemned him. In other words, you go among your, uh, your 
peers and just live it. That doesn't mean you can't laugh at a joke as long as it's clean. That doesn't mean that you can't laugh and have fun with some of your friends that are unsaved. Because you are put there to help them. Don't conform to them. And you don't have to be hateful and mean by not conforming. Or go sit in a corner somewhere and say, I'm a Christian, I can't associate with you. No. You just let them see that you are normal. Let them see that you are, are, are you accept them as, as who they are. And, and you don't put pressure, but you just live it. And then they begin to, let me tell, let me tell a, a story on myself. Okay, I probably told it again, but I'm old, so I can keep telling stories over and over again. You have to listen, and you have to laugh every time I tell them because you got to humor me. Okay, uh, so I worked at the hospital, and uh, all those nurses, because they were in white then, all those nurses and doctors and everything that are in white ain't so saintly as you think they are. Okay, with that going on. So, I mean, that was, that was a pretty rough crew that I worked with. Swore, cursed, all stuff. I mean, they all do it. And, um, you know, they'd get in the, uh, they'd get in the, the coffee room and they'd begin to tell their dirty jokes and all that stuff. And I'd sit there and then finally I would very quietly excuse myself. I wouldn't get up and walk out and, you know, in a tear and be angry. I'd just walk out. Then sometimes, because I got to know them, and I said, well, party's getting a little rough, guess I'll leave. And they all laughed, and I don't know, I just went. Then we went with a group of them on Monday nights, every Monday night. There was about four or five or six of us, sometimes more, and we climbed. I climbed every mountain in this area, every mountain, including Blue Hill Mountain, and had a ball. And not one of them was saved. But you know what? Pretty soon, out of respect for my stand for the Lord, I didn't preach to them. I didn't try to contradict them. I just lived it in front of them. How did I do it? Well, we always would go to a restaurant after we climbed a mountain. I went into a restaurant. They don't, I, I don't believe in drinking, so they all ordered wine or thing. I ordered soda or water. I never made a big deal out of it. The waitress come around. I said, I'll have this or I'll have that. And they was all talking while I was doing it. When it came time, the food came, it came time to eat. They was all talking. I just quietly bowed my head. I didn't go, oh, dear Lord Jesus. I just quietly bowed my head. And I prayed over my food. They never said a word, never did anything. You know what? Pretty soon, we'd go out to eat. They wouldn't order drinks. And they'd say, Jim, would you say grace? And they began to respect me. And you know what happened? Because I lived it in front of and, and no glory to me. I just lived it because I loved Jesus. I didn't want, to, didn't want to do that stuff. And you know what? There were people that would come to me. One woman sat in the, in the uh, coffee place where we went to, uh, to, have a, to rest. And she was sitting there and she said, Jim, she said, I've heard a lot about the second coming. She said, she said, would you, would you explain it to me? Went to another woman that swore, dear God, she swore all the time. Now, I'm saying this for the benefit of young people and for everybody. And I never got on to her because she swore anything. But there come a day when one of the head nurses came and showed us how to give. Now, I'm, I'm considered, I'm Pentecostal, but I'm Protestant. But this Catholic, this head nurse was a Catholic, and they give communion to people and, uh, to, before they die when, on the bed. Now, I didn't sit there and go, oh, Lord God, Catholic, I don't want to listen. I stood there and listened because I figured, you know what? I've got to learn how to set this up. I don't totally agree, but I've got to learn. See, you just don't say, but you, you, you let your light shine. And so this 
other lady that was standing here, she, and she was making comments and things, and, 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 and the, the lady that was doing it was giving her a hard time, and I stood there. And to me, I mean, she was talking about what was, what was sacred and what we had in common with the Catholic and me is it was communion. And to me, that was sacred. And so while this lady was uh, explaining it to me, I stood there out of reference and out of honor of the communion and talking about communion. So I stood there and, and listened, never said anything, everything else. Now, this is how you can live it in front of people. After it was all over, I called that other lady aside that was doing it. I said, come here. And we were good friends. We worked together a lot. I called her. I said, you hurt me today. She says, what do you mean? I says, you offended me. She says, what do you mean? I says, when the head nurse was explaining communion, oh, she said, she doesn't live it. She said, she claims she's Catholic. But I said, that's beside the point. I said, she was asked to explain it. I says, and that is sacred to me too because I'm a Christian. She looked at me. I said, so you, you, you offended me. I said, I said, and then I had a chance to witness to her. I said, do you know what that represents? She goes, no. So I, I had a chance to explain to her and give her the gospel. I says, you need to go and, and owe her apology. I didn't go up. I was, I, I was very kind, very nice, very sweet to her. And she's no, she calls me Jim. She oh, she walks off. And I said, suit yourself. And she wasn't mad at me or anything else. Finally, during the course, I went on, forgot about it. And, and I'll, finally, she, I, I went on. And during the course of the day, she came back. She said, well, I did it. I said, what? She said, well, I did it. I said, what did you do? Because I didn't know she might tell me some crazy, stupid thing she had done with a patient or something. She said, she said, I went and asked, she says, the head nurse to forgive me for, for harassing her while I was doing it. See, I stood my ground. I didn't preach. I didn't malign. I didn't stand there and join in with her against the Catholic Church. I didn't say anything. I just stood there and God gave me an opportunity to witness. And we were friends until I got through working there. She'd always come and get me to help her. Went to a basketball game one day and uh, uh, this is good, this is good, this is good message, but she went to a basketball game one day and uh, I was sitting in front of her and she was sitting out back. My wife was there with me. I think she was. My wife was there with me and I didn't recognize her and she sat there and she never said a word and finally, I turned around, and I, I said, oh, and I called her by name. And I ran up over the, the bleachers, sat down beside her, and I said, Ethel, I didn't even see you. She said, I was wondering, she said, because she kind of, was kind of feisty. I was wondering when you was going to speak to me, she said. <laughs> I said, well, I, wouldn't, I would not shun you in the world, I said. And we talked, we talked, and talked, and talked, and talked. And didn't, didn't win her to the Lord. But she heard the message. She heard the message of salvation. See, that's why we say here, young people, don't let them despise your youth. Live it in front of them. And let them see Jesus in you. It isn't always going to be easy. But you, 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 don't, you don't have to follow into that path and conform to what, what they are. You bring them your way. You have, you have a, 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 a just as good a life as the others. In fact, you got better. You know who you are. You know where you're going. You know, uh, you, you have peace in, in, inside of you by knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Every one of you sitting here has peace. So, Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, don't let him despise your youth, but be an example. All of us be an example to believers and others in word, that means speech, how do we talk, what do we say? What is it that comes out of our mouth? Now this is give. We're giving attention to how we live.
What is our speech? You mean we got to go around and sober size? We never can laugh. We never can joke. Watch what you joke about. But yes, joke. Watch the words you say. Don't use the words of the world. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When I worked at the hospital, I laughed and joked with them. Did pranks. Did crazy things. But they respected my life. Picked up nurses and put them in baby, baby beds and covered the hood over them. Locked people in the, uh, in the morgue. Put the light out. This was all while we were working. <laughs> there was one lot about this shot. We locked her in. We picked her right up. There was this other nurse, myself, We took because we had to take the body down. And Now, come on, saints. Don't tell me you didn't do some <laughs> stupid things on your job. And so we, we, uh, uh, we stepped back. And uh, so I said, I said, I said, because most of I guess I was the instigator. So I said, let's lock her in the corner. Because we stood there. We didn't go off and leave her. Um, I said, let's, let's just get her talking and get her engaged and everything else. And I said, and then we'll just sneak out and close the door quick and put the light up. I mean, that's an awful place to be with a dead body there and you're in the dark. <laughs> and she was <laughs> Oh, but we had all kind of fun. <laughs> and we worked, we worked hard. We worked, we were hard workers. Remember one time we come up over with a, I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you this. Oh, we come up over the stairs and, and uh, we had a, had, a, had a man on the, on the gurney who was just bringing back from x-ray. And um, uh, now I know I'm getting way off my message. But anyway, these are good stories. Um, and so, uh, and this thing, this, this, this uh, um, uh, what do you call it? The stretcher. I call it stretcher, but it's a gurney. This gurney. It was heavy. It was heavy. It was black and it was old fashioned and it was heavy. I don't even know why they kept it. And this guy was on there. And pair, uh, oh, I can't say her name, but this other girl, woman was, and she was full of it too. And uh, so she, she was talking. She was going like this, you know, she was talking and she was walking along because she's thinking I was holding it. And she was walking along and she was talking and I just stopped and just took my hands off of it. <laughs> Down the hall she was going. Just this. Just talk. <laughs> she went to turn to go to the room. <laughs> when she did, that gurney swung around and <laughs> hit the door, and that poor man almost fell off. <laughs> and she goes, and here he is. He's half on the gurney and half on the floor. <laughs> and she, and parent comes out. She says, "Jim, I think I've killed him. I think I've killed him." <laughs> So we go down, we go down, and we just get him into bed and everything, and the doctor walks in. And we just, we just back out and walk away. Poor guy, poor guy did not know. And he, and he told us later, he says, oh, you people, he says, you give us the best care. <laughs> oh, Lord, now I can't preach. I promise you quit. So in word, I don't know what that got to do with speech, but anyway. Conduct and actions. Don't do as I do, do as I say. But anyway. Be an example in love. In your attitude. That's important in school and on the job. Because some people can get under your skin. Ooh-wee. How do we conduct ourselves? And if you should blow up or you should act wrong, go to that person and say, listen, I am sorry. I'm trying to be a Christian. Would you please forget? You will gain more friends by doing that and acknowledging it than just trying to let it be shoved under the rug. Be careful of our attitude. And remember, everybody isn't out to get you. 
And everybody don't necessarily doesn't like you, doesn't like you because you're not a Christian, because you're a Christian, just because they don't like you. So be nice and sweet to them. The Bible says, live at peace among all men as much as lieth within you. And there are times when you lose it. But you be the one that goes to them and say, listen, the altercation we had the other day, I, I, I didn't like that. And I want to say I'm sorry. You may become best friends. And then be example in faith. Grow and be strong in your faith. And then uh, be an example in purity. Live a clean and honest life. Don't live one life in church and another life outside of church. What you are in here should be what you are out there. And I want to tell you something. This is serious. The way we live and interact with people either commends Christ or condemns them to hell. I don't have to say a word, but my action can cause unbelief and say, I'll never step inside that church. Or where do they go to church? If that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be it. And you've lost the witness. People judge Jesus by watching how I live. 16. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Saints, it's up to you and I to know our doctrine. Every doctrine is not true. I'm going to tell you that. There are things that are going out over the pulpit today. And you've got to know who you are. Now, I'm not saying you fight over it. But you've got to know what you believe. And everybody sitting here don't believe the same thing on some situations. There are some things that you believe if it hasn't got a, 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 a tag on it, whether it's going to put you in heaven or hell, leave it alone. Personally, I'm not overly interested whether you believe in pre-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. All I'm interested in is you're going to heaven. But there are certain truths of doctrine that you hold on to. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His divinity. Who He is. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Initial evidence of speaking in tongues. There are those who do not believe that. You do not embrace it, but neither do you argue over it. I had a young man, a friend, a real close friend of mine in, in Bible college. I believed a certain way, he believed a certain way. He began to ask me questions. I would talk to him. When I would feel that he couldn't take anymore, I'd change the subject. And that's the way we go. He'd keep asking me. I never initiated it. Some of you probably know what I'm talking about. One day I was in the prayer room in Zion. I was kneeling down praying. And all of a sudden I felt this tap on the shoulder. And he comes down and he kneels beside me with his Bible. He said, Jim, I see it, I see it, I see it. Don't compromise what you believe, but don't be antagonistic about it either. Be firm, believe it, and hold on to it. Know it, why? So that you won't be carried away by every wind of doctrine that comes down the pipe. Can you say amen? amen? All right. Keep a close walk on how you live. Stay true to the right for the, for the sake of the salvation and for the salvation of those 
who hear you. Your whole walk with God isn't about you. It's about those that you associate with. God bless me. God give me. God help me. No. God save my neighbor. God save this one. God my compatriot that I work with. God help them. I'm living my life to win them. I'm living my life to exalt Jesus. I'm going, to go through, I'm going to go through hell and high water. You've already heard me say that before I get to heaven. But I'm going to tell you, it isn't about me. It's about standing firm because there are some people and there are people that are watching you and when you're going through a hardship and they see you, they see your smile on your face, they see your faith strong and they even see it when you're weak and you're still believing and trusting in Jesus, it speaks to them. When they get, when, when, I'm talking about the unsaved. When they get in trouble, they go out, get a pill, get a sleeping pill, get a drug, get this, get something to keep them awake, get something to calm their nerves. And when they see you, they see you going to church, they see you praying, they see you seeking God, and that speaks to them. And pretty soon they'll be talking to you and asking you, how do you do it? And then in love, you begin to say, there are times when it is almost unbearable. But I go to Jesus. He's the one that is my solace. For example, when my wife was on the deathbed, God gave me a scripture in 1 Peter that kept me all the while she was in the hospital. I could not go to any other place. I would be right to my lowest and I would go to that place and that scripture and God would speak to my heart. He would direct me to other portions of scripture and that sustained me. I kept my equilibrium, spiritual equilibrium because of the word of God. I'm telling you the word of God is quick and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it will go right to the very environs of your need and it will help you and it will speak to you. It will, God will give you a God will give you a word. God will give you a word of assurance and you will be sustained in the worst of situations that you can go through. There's not a situation that you don't go through that God won't talk and speak to you. And you will come through it. All the while I was almost on my nervous, coming to my nervous breakdown. God was always there directing me. I couldn't feel him. I couldn't feel him. I couldn't touch him. I couldn't pray. I couldn't do anything. But all I know is God was directing me. He let people come to me and give direction. And all the while I was being directed, but I wasn't getting direction from the Lord. And so it came from outside sources. And then God directed me to that camp meeting in Florida. And I have never been in a position again since I've been healed of that extent. Do I still get down? There are days, yes. But I always bounce back. There's something always there that I bounce back. Is it because of my own goodness? Is it because of my own grace? Is it because of my own wonderfulness? No. Because God healed me that Tuesday night, on that Tuesday, that I was in that, that study, in that church, set me free. And I've been free ever since. And I'm going to tell you, when God sets you free, you will be free indeed. Can you say amen? i got to stop. All right. The purposes of God need to be thoroughly fastened in our heart and minds. We must give our time and attention to them. Don't just be a casual Sunday go-to-meeting Christian. Be a seven-day-a-week Christian. Can you say amen? amen? Live it every day. Seek God every day. We must remember that matters of importance do not come automatically. Allow yourself to grow in grace. Allow yourself to grow in the faith. That far, how do you do it? You get into His Word. You get into Bible study. You get into worship service. You have a personal time of prayer. And watch yourself grow. 
I've got three young people, uh, three, well, three young people, four young people, sitting here in front of me. It makes me feel old. Well, there's another one back there. Uh, you, Evelyn. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's six young people sitting right here. Erica, you're not young anymore. You're old. <laughs> and, oh, huh? Oh, he's an old man. But I've, uh, now you made me forget what I was going to say. I'm glad it's that group. Get them right in front of me. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, you didn't have to endure that one, you guys. You got out of that one. <laughs> All right. No, uh, uh, now I know what it is. I've watched them grow. In fact, I can speak about you because I saw that picture on Facebook. And I looked at you. Did you see my response? Well, I'll say I'm sorry publicly, but it's the truth. I spoke truth. Uh, but anyway, I watched these, I, I watched, and, and they just grew. I mean, Evelyn and, and, and well, I don't know about you. <laughs> um, they just grew. I mean, his mom was telling me that he's driving. And when he came, he, well, he was this high. <laughs> and I mean, here, I mean, here they are. 18, just turned 18, 22. How old are you, Evelyn? 22. How old are you? I'm almost 20. Almost 20, okay. 17. Dude, and how old are you, Alec? 16. Grow, I mean, these, these were little kids when they came. And look at them. Taking pot. I mean, it, ta- it took time. And they grew, and they're growing into adults, and, and, and they're, 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 they're uh, making their choices and all of this. This is the exact same way that you do as a Christian. When you first come to Jesus Christ, you don't know as much as you think you know. But anyway, and sometimes you get discouraged because you see some old saint in the church, okay, that, that's on fire, that, that, it, that you praise for people, and you sit there and you think, why can't I do like they're doing? Honey, you keep growing, and you keep allowing God to, to direct you, and you keep allowing God to, to shape you, and you stay true to God. You will be doing the same thing and mentoring other young people that are coming up. You don't get this, what I'm saying, overnight. You have to work at it with the strength and the power of God. So you give yourselves to the Lord. Don't resist God. God only changes you for the good. He only asks you to give things up that's going to be detriment to you. This is good teaching. He only takes things away and prunes you to make you better and do better and give better. To make you more fruitful. To make you powerful. Why? Because he is shaping you to be a warrior and a soldier in his kingdom. And he has a plan for everyone that's sitting here this morning. And for those of the uh, church that are absent. So we grow in grace. So remember that those around us especially unbelievers, quickly observe the progress we make or the ground we lose. I got to stop because time is going. The next word is diligence. The next word is seek. The next word is hide. The next word is study. Now I'll do that next Sunday. Don't all stay home. This is putting me on your bones. This is causing you to grow. This is causing you to be stable. Amen. I know, I mean, and there are times when we need someone to come in and just get us shouting and dancing and all of that. And we need that. We need it all. We need that. 
We need, when, when someone comes in, that's why we have evangelists. They come and they get us stirred up and everything else. Then the pastor comes along and just drives in the nail. Amen. And this is how you grow. How you become a Christian. Like we should be. The world needs us. But it needs our love. It doesn't need our condemnation. Don't go out here and, 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 and get involved in, in all the stuff that's going on in a condemn, con, con, condemning way. You can be firm. You can stand your ground. You can be unmovable, unshakable, and still walk in love. And let that love not be pretentious, but that love be real, because this is what the world needs. They don't need condemnation. And they may be andamant and very vocal in what they believe. Don't get into arguments with them. Listen to what they say, and while they're doing all that thing, be standing there praying. God, open this door. God, change this person's mind. Let that let there be a, a, some kind of a crack that comes into that convoluted thinking and that, that the light can get in there. Because you see, the devil, who is the God of this world, has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. And that is saying those that won't believe, it means those who don't believe. There are unbelievers in the world. And there are those that do not like Christians because they think we're bigoted and biased and hateful because we take a stand. But the thing of it is, sometimes we've done it wrong. Sometimes we've shot ourselves in our, in our foot. But you can take a stand. Don't be wishy-washy. Amen. that good? And then get into your prayer closet. The best way to, to win a person is to get into your prayer closet and start praying for that person. Maybe the, mo the one that's the most vocal against things that are not true. Get into the prayer closet and start praying. Watch how God changes. I'm speaking then. I got to tell you something after church, which is good. Amen. I'm just standing here a little bit. Let, let it sink in. Okay, you've been fell. What? You've been fed well this morning. Yes. You full? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to stand.